Where it's got, this is our passage, and, and, and uh, let me just throw this out. The whole purpose of this passage that I want to teach is to show so that we can look and see how do we know when a command in the Bible is a command that we're to do for all time, or is it was it something that was a cultural thing? So that's what we want to look at. So here's the question that comes with that. When women come to church, should they cover their heads? Because they're, they're, I grew up, I never went to church, but I've known people who say that if a woman comes to church, she should have her head covered. They say that. First Corinthians uh, 11, uh, 5 basically says a woman without her head covered is, you know, disgraces her head. What does that mean? What, how does that fit? Is that a cultural thing? Is that something, you know? And so the question is, is this for now or was it something that was cultural at the time of Paul when he wrote this? Is this a biblical command or something for the culture? And, and I'm going to be real honest. I don't see any woman in our church right now, except Sky, who's got a hat, who I love hats, uh, is has got their head covered, so to speak. So, is this is this a cultural thing? Is this a biblical thing? How does it fit together? So, let's start with this, and I'm going to talk about a lot of different things, and you can open up questions and things as we go through it. First of all, let's say this. It's Sunday morning. It's going to be in a couple of weeks from now. We come together for worship, and then we have the Lord's Supper. And we say, okay, everybody, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And the question could be, why do we celebrate the Lord's Supper? Why do we have a time in which we do that? Well, because Jesus commanded it, didn't he? And on the last night before going to the cross, he said, take this is my body, this is my blood, this do in remembrance of me. And so Jesus told his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. And so we do it. And why do we do it? Because Jesus told us to do it. We said, that's a command from Jesus. Okay. Um, that same night, he got up and washed their feet. Went around to every person, washed their feet. And at the end, he said, uh, as, as, as I have done for you, do for one another. And so I would say this, why don't we wash feet? If we have the Lord's Supper and Jesus said, do this and remember to me. And then he said, uh, as I've done to you, do to others. Why don't we wash feet? Well, some people do. I'm not telling you that there's some groups that say every woman ought to have her head covered. And some groups will say that you ought to wash everybody's feet and things like that. Well, I'm just saying, so what's the principle? What's going on? So when women at the time of Paul would come to church, did they have their heads covered or not? Yes. In fact, in that part of the world, did people cover their head? In that part of the world today, do they cover their heads? Yeah. Okay. So here's the question. When we come to church, do women cover their heads? Why or why not? And so we're going to look at a little hard passage here to talk about how it fits. And so the key is what things are commands and what things are cultural. Now, that's a hard one. But I think there's a way to look at it and we'll see how it fits together. So let me give you some examples of how you can tell. Let's start with this one. Study to show yourself approved to God. A workman need not be ashamed. Handling accurately the word of God. Is that a command from God? Is that to us? Was it written to believers? Was it written to all people? No, it was not written to all people. How do you tell an unbeliever to study the Bible? They don't understand the scripture. They don't have the Holy Spirit, right? But what does he tell believers? Study to show yourself approved to God. So is this for all people or just for believers? What was it? Just for believers. Let's get another one. If I could make this click. Okay, how about Lord's Supper? Do this in remembrance of me. Is this for all people or only believers? 
In fact, when we gather, it's believers. And sometimes we'll say to people, if you have never believed in Jesus Christ, this really isn't for you. Okay? You know? We have what we call open communion, which means any Christian can take the Lord's Supper. But if you're not a believer, it really has no idea for you. So, is this a command uh, for believers? Or is it a command for, uh, was this something that all people did? No. Okay, let's look at this one. Foot washing. Who washed feet in that day and time? When you went out at the time of Paul or Jesus, you were things paved? Not necessarily. And when you went to somebody's house, what did they normally do when you went to somebody's house? They washed your feet. Did you know that? In fact, on the Last Supper, when they got there, everybody rushed in to get a good seat. They all wanted to be by Jesus. And nobody washed anybody's feet. Which normally they might have a servant or someone wash everybody's feet. But some people didn't. And so who would wash feet? Somebody. And so Jesus got up and washed their feet. What was he doing when he was washing their feet? Serving them. Exactly right. So was washing feet at that time for all people or, or for just believers or for all people? It was for all people. Believe, just believers didn't wash feet. All people wash feet. Just believers observe the Lord's Supper, not all people. Now, do you see a difference between something that was cultural and something that is biblical? And so we're going to see in just a second how it fits together. So when we see something that all people did, a command that all people did in that culture, we look for the principle that is behind it. So we're looking at a passage which is called Head Coverings. Because we're going to look at this, and in 1 Corinthians 11, it talks about women ought to have their heads covered. Okay, but I look around, and in our culture today, nobody covers their head, really. And so was this a command that all Christians had to do, or was this something that was cultural? How did it fit? What? Head coverings for all people? What is the principle behind this? If if all people did it. So let me give you this before we get into the passage. And it's not going to take me very long to go through it. You can have questions and then we'll go through to go group. But look at this. When it is a command for believers and not the general culture. And when it is for all time to believers. We find it is not cultural but a biblical command. This do in remembrance of me. What is that? Observe the Lord's Supper. Who is it given to? All believers for all time. Then, when it is something that all people did, not just believers, you look for the underlying principle. As I have washed your feet, so you should wash one another's feet. Did all people wash feet? Yes. So that's that's for a culture thing, but what's the principle behind it? You've already said it. What is the principle behind Jesus washing people's feet? It was servanthood. That, remember, he sits down with them and says, you know, I, you know, I, I'm the servant. I'm that one. So the questions we really ask about head coverings. Is this a command for believers only or for all time? Was it for all the people in the church or in that culture? If it was for all people in that culture, what do we look for? The principle behind. Why would a woman cover her head? Why did the cultural women cover their head? I mean, why? Why, why, why did it fit? Okay? So that's what we're going to look at 
and and see how that fits together and 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 see that. So there's a problem. What was the problem in Corinth? Are you ready for this one? Okay. So in a family, there's the daddy, and he might have a daughter. As long as she was under her father's authority, she always covered her head. It went back to her father because he is her authority over her. He was the head over her. And so a woman in that culture covered her head. If she got married, then her husband is her head. And so as she, in that culture, as she went out, she covered her head. There's going to be a weird part in this passage because he also says because of the Angels? What does that mean? We'll talk about it in a second. Now, were there women in that culture that didn't cover their head? You know who it was? You want to take a guess? Who is it? Prostitutes, exactly. And women who were prostitutes normally cut their hair short. Because normal women, they had long. And if they got ready to go out someplace, they usually put it all the way up, put a head covered on it, and left. And then when they'd come in and at night, they let their hair down. They let their hair down, right? Okay. But prostitutes, how would you sort of know? Well, they usually didn't have their heads covered because they said, I don't have an authority over me. And I cut my hair shorter because I don't want to have to worry about up and down and up and down. That's what they did. So watch this. Let's just talk about it. So what's the problem in Corinth? You, for the first time in history... Men and women in Corinth are considered equal. See, Christianity changed everything. Because before then, men were superior over the women. And women walked behind men. And if you see some people from a different culture in this town, I've watched them. The man walks one way and the woman walks behind him. I've seen that not too long ago, in fact. But when Christianity came, God said, there's neither male nor female nor slave or free. Everybody is one. And is equal. Now that didn't take away authority and submission, but some of the women said, I don't have to cover my head. I, I'm equal with him. Which she was. But we're going to see a pattern. And so some of the women in Corinth who were Christians were going out without their heads covered. And in that culture, what did it look like? Maybe a prostitute. Something that was wrong. They were going against the culture. See, this was a picture of submission to the husband or the father. Okay? So what does Paul do? He's going to deal with this. Look at verse 3 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He starts off by saying this. I want you to understand, and he's going to start, instead of just getting with the women first, he starts with everybody. I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of a woman, and God is the head of Christ. He says, "There is." I want you to understand that there is a pattern. And we're going to see how it fits in just a second. And so he says, look at this. The son, the son submits to the father because he came to do the father's will. The man submits to the son of God, Jesus Christ. And the woman, what? Submits to her husband, to the man. Now, when we say submission, that does not mean inferiority because Jesus submits to the father and they're equal. Okay? And the woman submits to the man and they're equal. And so we're not dealing with the issue of superiority or inferiority, but an order between the Father and the Son, because they're equal, and men and women are equal. 
Well, he starts off by saying, listen, there is a pattern of submission. When you study the Bible and you go to Ephesians chapter 6, what does it say? Uh, Chapter 5 and chapter 6, chapter 5. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for. Wives, be submissive to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Okay, that's not a bad thing. In fact, when I do premarital counseling, I, we, we go through the roles and everything and how it fits. And when you look at it biblically, it's a perfect thing. It's not a bad thing. But in Corinth, what was happening is some women said, well, if we're all equal, why should I have to do this? And so he starts off by saying, I want you to understand that there is a pattern. Christ is the head of every man. The man's the head of the woman. And God is the head of Christ. So it fits that way. And we're not dealing with superiority or inferiority. And then he goes to the man, and here's what he says. Every man who has something on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces his head. Now, who's the man's head? Who? Christ. He's saying, And he's saying to these people in Corinth, if the man goes to pray and he's got something on his head, he's, he's not doing what he should do for his head. Who is his head? He said he disgraces his head. Have you ever noticed a lot of times that men will have on hats and cowboy hats and bling, and we say, let's pray, and everybody takes their hat off? That goes back to this passage. Because men say, oh, yeah, but take your hat off, my gracious. And you could ask them why, and they go, I, we always have done that. Okay, let's go a little further. Look what the next thing says. But, in contrast to the man who is praying with his head covered, that disgraces his head, which is Christ. But every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her her head. Who is her head? It's either her husband or her father. For she is, now watch, she is one and the same as the woman whose head is shaved. Who has a shaved head? Short hair. You know what he's saying? If you're a woman in this culture and you don't have your head covered, you're disgracing your father or your husband, and you look like a prostitute. Wow, this is not easy, is it? No, it's not. Woman with uncovered head disgraces her head, which is the husband. And so he goes on in verse 7 and says, For the man ought not to have his head covered, since he is the image and the glory of God. And the woman is the glory of man. Now, some people don't like that. But that's what it says. And he's, and he's going to give you the background. What he's going to say, there's a picture of submission here. Man and woman relationship. And he's going to say, when the man prays and not covers his head, he, he, he's supposed to be the image of glory of God. And he's supposed to show his submission to God by doing that. But, but if you don't, you're not. And then, look at verses 8 and 9. And he's going to describe something. For the man does not originate from woman, but the woman from man. For indeed, man was not created for the woman's sake, but woman was created for the man's sake. Now, people don't like that, but that's exactly what the Bible says. Man didn't come from the woman, but the woman came from the man. If you remember that Adam was there, and God, uh, God showed him all the animals, and he named them all. And then he said something like this, none of these match me. You know, there are giraffes, and but nothing matched Adam. And so God put him to sleep. And where did the woman come from? She came out of the man. You understand that the uh, Hebrew name for man is Ish. And the Hebrew name for woman is Isha, which means out of man. And so he says, man uh, man didn't come from the woman. Woman came from the man. Not cre- Man was not created for the woman. The woman was created for the man. Eve came from Adam. And she was created to be his helpmate, you know. 
And we live in a culture that a lot of people don't like those words and those things, but it's not really bad. It's really, really good. And so this, and then, and then look at verse 10, and this is the hard one for the whole thing. Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head. Who's her, uh, on her head, on her real head, but it's, it's going back to who? Her husband. And then it says, because of the angels. What? Angels look at how God deals with people. We are studying angels and demons on Wednesday nights. And there's a place in First Peter chapter, I think it's chapter 2, verse 12. I, I, my mind's a little blank on where exactly it is, but it's First Peter. And it actually says, it may be 112, but it says, angels desire to see what God does with people. He says that. And here's why. When Satan sinned and a third of the angels went with him, God did made no provision at all for the salvation of the angels. In fact, he created, or he said, the plan for them is the lake of fire. When man sinned, God had a provision to save mankind. In fact, he even took himself, the son Jesus Christ, and became a person so he could die for them. And so angels look at that and say in their minds, so angels sinned, God has no provision. Man sinned, God has a provision. And that's why I think Peter says angels desire to look into what God does with people. And what's so weird about it, the Greek word for desire to look is actually the word for to peek. It's like to get down like this and look and say, what is he doing with those people? And so here in this submission deal, he basically says man comes under Christ and the woman comes under man. And so, therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. They're looking. They're seeing how this works. And so, men and women, listen, men and women are equal. Look at the next verse and just to show that they all go together. However, in the Lord, in the Lord, this is where he's teaching them, neither is the woman independent of the man or the man independent of the woman, for the woman originates from the man, so the man also has his birth through the woman. And all things originate from God. So he says, when you start getting into this, don't get all puffed up, men, especially when you think you're something. Just remember, they all came together. And even though the original woman came from the man, every other man has ever come from a what? From a woman. And they're equal in that sense. Men and women are equal. And in Corinth, when he taught that, that men and women are equal, some of the women said, well, we don't need this. And Paul said, look, if a man has his head covered, that he disgraces his head, the Messiah, the Messiah, Christ. But if a woman has her head uncovered, she's disgracing her head, which is her husband. And so you just got to understand, this is a cultural thing. Because this wasn't just a command to believers this is what all women did in that culture, right? And if you're a woman and you didn't cover your head, what did you look like? I don't mean, I don't mean it to be bad, but that's what it says. In fact, it says she's like one in the same as a woman who has her head shaved. And then he says this. I didn't read this one a while ago, but if a woman says, I don't care, he said, okay. If a woman does not cover her head, let her also have her hair cut off. If she's going to go around and look like a prostitute, go ahead and cut your hair then. Because the Christian women didn't cut their hair. They just took their head covering off. And he said, well, if you're going to go like that, just go all the way then. Look like a prostitute. It's disgrace for a woman to have her head cut off, her hair cut off, or her head shaved. So let her cover. So that's all he said. He, I mean, this is a hard passage. I, I mean, I like to say, I like to go home and say, I wish I hadn't had to do that one. They're all hard. That's why we call them hard passages. 
So, men, woman and man are not independent of each other. They're not. They go together. And so, the woman was from the man and the man is from the woman. That's all he's saying there. And so they all come together to help them see this. But here's the bottom line. Watch this, verse 13. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? In that culture, did a woman uncover her hair when she went out? No, they didn't. It's just, and in parts, they go to parts of the world today and they do the same thing. So it's a cultural thing. So, head coverings were culture, showing the submission of the woman to her husband or father. So is this a biblical command just for believers for all time? No, it was a cultural thing, just like washing feet. And Paul said, okay, listen, just remember this, that if you're a woman and you take that off, you're going to look bad and you're going to disgrace your head. You know, and, and he says, so the best thing to do is uh, it's not proper. So cover your heads when you go out. And that's that's what he says. So let, let me let me throw this up and then we'll open up for questions. And, and then I'll run as fast as I can to get into my girl group before there are any bad questions. OK, let, so let's gain an understanding to determine if a command is biblical or cultural. Well, how do you do that? Well, a biblical biblical commands are for believers only and for all time. Right. So to study to show yourself approved, to walk worthy of the calling, to not lie one to another, to keep the Lord's Supper. All of those are commands from God to believers, and they're for all time. They're not cultural. Okay, but then there were commands like wash feet, head coverings, eat whichever food. You know, there, there was a whole issue of what food you could eat. Meat offered to idols. Should you eat meat? I mean, how many of you have worried about eating meat offered to an idol? You hadn't because it's not even in our culture. It's not what they were doing, but they were doing it in Corinth. And so people said, well, I don't know. So biblical commands are for, for believers only and for all time. Cultural commands were for all people, but were limited, limited to the culture. And what we have to do then is do what? We have to figure out what, what, what is the principle behind the cultural thing. So what is the principle behind the head covering at that day and time when Paul told women to cover their heads? They had to show submission to what? Their husband or their daddy. And that's what everybody did in that culture. You know, it's not like today. Okay, so let's say you're a a, a, a young woman and and you where do you live? You don't go get an apartment. You're living with your father and mother until most likely you get married. And if you get married, then your husband has left his mother and father's home, gone to get you, has built on. In my father's house, there are a lot of rooms. If it wasn't that way, I told you, I go to prepare a place for you. That's all a picture of, of marriage. The man would come back, take his wife, and they would live in the house with his mama and daddy. So her authority goes, her headship goes from her father to her husband. That's the culture. Now today, somebody gets 18, 17, 18, 19, they move out. And they're not under the authority, or they think they're not. I, I had to tell one quick story. I remember this college girl came to me. Uh, this was years ago. And she said, I'm really mad. I said, why? She said, well, I live at home. I said, what? Nothing wrong with that. She said, well, nothing wrong with that. But my mother tells me I have to be in by a certain time. 
I said, really? She said, and I don't like that. I'm in college. I ought to come in anytime I want to. I said, well, now you're living at home. Uh, is your mom and dad, is your mom and daddy paying for you to go to college and live at home? And she went, yeah. I said, well, the simple way, if you don't want to come under that authority, just move out and get your own place. And she said, that cost me a lot of money. I said, yes, it will. It will, but then you won't be under their authority. But right now you're under their authority. And if your mom and daddy say come in at 10, guess what? Obey your parents in all things for this is well pleasing to the Lord. So in this passage, he's telling the women, listen, in this culture, whether you're Christian or not, and you are equal, everything's the same. Except there is still a pattern. God to Christ, Christ to man, man to woman. And so as if you go out, respect the head over you, which will be your daddy or your husband. And that's what's going on. Okay, questions, comments, anything? Roxy says in the Middle East, you know, and that's where she's from. She says it's still exactly the same thing. She lives here now. But she said if she were to go back there, she would live where? With my, with, my with her parents. Yeah, she would. Because that's what's expected of the culture. Exactly. And so many people from the Middle East, they come over here, women especially, and what do you see them wearing? Head coverings. Because that's cultural, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, there's a little more to it, and I didn't want to get into yeah, and I know I know uh, people in our country that they've brought up thinking that this is a command they have to do. And I don't. I, no, I knew a girl that every time she went into the church, they had these little like doily things that they could put on their head, and that way they they were had their heads covered. And so I just I just I'm just so glad Roxy's here and she can tell the stuff too. And but uh, the bottom line is. When this was written, it's a cultural thing. It's not for us today. Uh, we studied the Bible. We're to grow. We're to do all these different things. But we don't wash feet because we don't need to, right? We're not coming in with sandals on and our feet filthy. That's just not that's not our culture because everything's different now. Uh, and that's so. Anyway, okay. What else? What else? Anything else? Yamaka. A yarmulke. Yeah, I, let me say this, because I, I ask a Jewish man that when he goes and does it, he has a yarmulke on the back of his head. And he prays with a yarmulke. And I looked at that and I said, now, according to what I've re- read, that Jewish men were supposed to have their heads uncovered. And he went, I don't know. And I said, why do you wear a yarmulke? And he went, I don't know. <laughs> I, I said, why do you wear a yarmulke? And he said, I don't know. But we just do. So you're right. I, it sometimes, but, um, you gotta remember this, 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 that culture, Jew, Jewish men had their heads covered with the yarmulkes and, but to pray, they were supposed to take them off. But I don't know what, how it all fitted together. It's just, it's just unique. Okay. So ladies, if you want to cover your heads, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. Just do what you feel good about. But study to show yourself to prove. Let's do the Lord's Supper. Let's do any command that's only for believers and for us. And then let's look for principles behind anything that's a cultural thing in the, in the body.